Hey guys, thank you so much for checking out episode four of More with Murphy. Uh, on this episode, my wife Serena and I, we get to sit down with a dear friend of ours, Maurice Claret, to talk about not just sports, but life, the rise, the fall, the rise again of all that's happening in his life. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Maurice, thank you so much for being <laughs> here. Dude, it's so good to see you again. Um, Serena and I were talking, how many years ago was it when we first met and was Cyprus actually one of the first places you shared your story? With Coach Tress. Yeah, with yeah, Coach Tress. Was that 13, 14? So, I think somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad now. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, well, I can't remember either. Yeah, so, so, yeah. I, I think like somewhere around like 2013, 14. And I, and I think it was the probably probably one of the first. I would say top five. Top five places I shared my story at. And was that one when you and Coach Trestle did it together? Yes. And, and, and I think that... Um, Definitely top five, like where me and him had gotten together and, and spoke together and and uh and did that whole deal. But one hundred percent, that was. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to think like that many years have passed already. Isn't that crazy? Fast. How fast I know. It, goes. it does seem like yeah, not very long ago. And then your thirty for thirty came out. Yeah, the thirty. Yeah, yeah, thirty for thirty came out two thousand, the end of two thousand twelve. Yeah, so it was. I remember watching the. We it's not the preview. What's it called? The um. The trailer or the. No, no. when it came out. You, we watched it. We watched it here. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and they still here. were doing like some edits on it and stuff like that, I think. Or I think, I can't remember. But I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel bad. Like, you know how, like, you get older and you say, my memory's bad. I feel, <laughs> I feel bad. Like, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm trying to make a reference point of like something else that was going on that would have probably um, reminded me, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like seven years. It's, it's been about, I said, it's uh, comfortably, I think it's been about seven years. Wow. That's unreal. Yeah, it's like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I live a different life now. Like a lot more, a lot different than seven years ago. I think like when you, even on the front side, you don't you don't realize how much can change in seven years. Mm. Both good, bad, I guess, are indifferent. Mm -hmm. But seven years, like I, I, I would never thought seven years ago I have another child. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, I just give well, us give us the update on your family. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Jaden, she's uh, 14, and she's in the 10th grade and uh, uh, goes to Columbus School for Girls and uh, proud to say, you know, uh, makes all A's. Uh, very, and, and I think more so than the A's, very self-sufficient. Yeah. You know, so I think that, uh, I, I think, like, even oftentimes when I'm talking to her about life in, in general, um, I don't care about grades as much as I do being self-sufficient. and Resilient. Being yeah, just more of the character in regards to what mm -hmm. you do, uh, being more responsible on her own to to like not have to uh, hear from her mother or father to say, hey, go, you know, do your homework. Uh, we don't have those conversations, so like that's cool. Uh, Titan, that's the my little boy name. So he fun, yeah. Titan, so, yeah, Titan. That's awesome. and he's eleven months old now. He's eleven months. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's eleven months. Um, and so he's uh, you know, he's being a baby, and you know, uh, I, I I I was telling you before the show started that um, the first four years, obviously I was out of Jaden's life. And I remember uh, when Ashley was uh, pregnant, I, I don't think one time I ever thought about um, like what life looks like as a parent, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I, like automatically in my head, I skipped to like four or five, six years old when the baby's like already prepared, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> from from not being in Jaden's life, uh, obviously through being in prison, uh, being there with Titan now, now it's like, oh, you got to be here like every day, twenty four seven. Like that's that's like a whole thing, and like you know. Uh, and Ashley's like, yeah, you get to experience this now. Here, yes. here he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 
I and I used to think like changing diapers would be like the most complex thing, but I, I don't think that is. It's, it's the attention you have to give to everything at every time. So like you, you think you set him down, and then he's in the cover. He's in. The, he's just grabbing and picking and playing in the toilet and running through the closet and grabbing the drawers open, and then he's sliding down the stairs. You know, so all the stuff that you know, all the stuff that kids do. There's a, there's a different connection that I guess I'm experiencing with him that I didn't experience with my daughter mm. because you feel like you're like with my daughter I felt like I jumped into the mm -hmm. family and this one is like you're starting it which is like mm -hmm. different you know what I'm saying oh, yeah. and so um, I don't know it's just it's, it's just a, a unique and cool experience I think cool is like the only word I can come up mm -hmm. with but uh, fulfilling I guess you know just mm -hmm. a cool experience I don't know I remember when we had <clears throat> I don't remember which one it was it was one of our our kids we have three boys obviously and serena it, they were young and i remember you looked at me and you were upset you're like you don't even do you even love them and they're a baby and i was like i do but like we can't really go to home to... depot we <laughs> can't watch sports center i don't really I mean, know what to do with them i go i'm not sure what to do you know and yeah. no I, I get it so like and, and believe you me and, and that may even be a conversation like that men have like so yeah and, and, and you'll feel guilty because you like i don't know how to engage Right. And it was the same thing with me. So it comes, it ends up being like, I'm pushing him down on the ground and I'm acting like he's playing football and I'm tripping him and he's laughing and I'm slamming him on the bed and he's laughing and giggling. And it's all I know how to do. You know what yep, I'm saying? Yep. And, um, you know, I, I guess the mother's more nurturing and, and, you know, let me cuddle and play like fun games and try to teach you words. Whereas the dad, I'm like, you know, I just want to rough you up. You know what I mean? And, and, and Frank, honestly, even the difference between boys and girls yes. was that is a super old book, um, Bringing Up Boys. Mm -hmm. But there's a guy, he's a Christian author, but he says, if they're a boy, if it can be climbed, boys boys will climb to the top and they'll jump off when they get there. Yeah. Yeah. And girls will like want to cuddle and, yeah. you know, do different things. Yeah, so so I, I tell you like this. Uh, so I so I have some nieces, and uh, and is is like so the nieces were over. What is the nieces were over last week, and uh, it was just so different how they, they were in the driveway, they're playing basketball, they go to the backyard, they on a the swing set, but I'm more like gentle, you know. So yeah. it's more like hey, they dropped the toys, let me pick them up or. Hey, you want me to go get your bike down? Let me get the bike down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if that was my boy, I say, man, come here, you get your bike down. You know what I'm saying? It'll be a lot different. I don't know why. And boys will not stop like touching each other and pushing each other and wrestling with each other. That's how our boys were all the time. They could not even into their twenties. Yeah. I mean, it's a constant <laughs> walk in and I'm just gonna grab you and tackle you to the ground. And girls, it's just quieter and nicer and they play and you know. <laughs> yeah, they just gotta pick up all the toys that they left out. <laughs> How's Ashley doing? Yeah. Oh, good. You know, um, what is this? 16 years now um I, I think like uh I, I was explaining this to somebody i don't know this was probably two or three days ago and like you cross a threshold where um and it's, it's probably been crossed years ago where cross from um like relationship to like this is who you're living your life with if that makes any sense and like um it becomes like the relationship goes into a different context. Mm -hmm. I was looking through your uh, your Instagram or something, and I actually got tears in my eyes this morning when it you said you had a picture of all four of you, and it said my permanent crew. Yeah, and so yeah, I was just like, because yeah. you guys have been through a lot. Yes, <laughs> you know, so like you know, uh, you, you go through. 
I don't know. You know, you, no, nobody gets with somebody on the front side and say, hey, man, I'm just going to experience all this turmoil with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and then, you know, you, you get to go on through turmoil and then uh, you get at different points in, in your relationship. And, you know, sometimes you love each other more than you like more. At more times you, you love each other than you hate each other, than you dislike <laughs> each other, than you love each other. And, uh, and you go through all that. And then, you know, you have times where you look back on it, you say like, man, like I don't I didn't believe that like we even got through all of that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know how we got through it, uh, but you do. And, um, and I guess the older you get, it, it becomes more about like this is who you're journeying with life with. You know, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that makes sense mm -hmm. to everybody, but I guess like people in relationships like um, and it becomes like uh, everything is, is, is less uh, physical, more spiritual mm -hmm. and making sure like you you're living up under like the appropriate concepts. And, you know, now now we're talking about, you know, just the things that we're doing, like how it plays in the Titans life, how it plays mm -hmm. in the Jayden life. It becomes more about family planning, if that mm -hmm. makes any mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. then. Than, influence than just, and impact yeah, yeah. you know you, you, than just you or just you, yeah. the two of you yeah and, and so i think like next um, generation yeah 100 percent. and so but i i can't say at the front side of our relationship you know like because she comes from uh I, I, don't, I don't even like to use the words broken home but she comes from a home that's not traditional i come from a home that's not traditional you don't have like the, the appropriate family structure so there's a lot that you're trying to figure out as you go forward. You know, you don't have a lot of reference points, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of stuff you're just trying to figure out, you, you try to figure it out as you, you know, as you move forward. And, um, you know, some stuff you get right, some stuff you get wrong, but uh, I remember we had, a, we had a conversation at a table and I said, oh, it was it was a time where we were, um, like you, you ever like have like an argument and it's like not a serious no, argument, uh -uh. but you, oh, yeah. <laughs> But like, like the thing is almost trivial, and like the the um, the the position you take with your attitude is a lot more like deeper than like the issue. And be like, what are we arguing over? You know what I'm saying? What are we arguing over? Nothing. <laughs> well, the number one thing that our counselor said: the number one thing couples argue over is nothing. Nothing. It's not the thing. It's not yeah. the thing. It's some sometimes something, something deeper. deeper or whatever that happened a long time ago. Or yeah. But well, I'm gonna tell you like this: so we 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 were having one of those moments, those nothing moments. And uh, I think like you can see the relief of her face. Like she probably assumed that I was more angered than what I was, but me just taking the position of like, um, like whatever it is, we're gonna figure it out. Yep. Wow. And so in her, in her face, I can see like the pressure come off. Mm -hmm. mm. Like, oh, he's not thinking about leaving or he's not mad or he's not mm -hmm. something. Like, no, like whatever it is, we're going to figure it out. Like that's the position mm -hmm. we're gonna take on all this stuff, right? No matter how mad, angry, uh, whatever it is, we're going to figure it out. Like this may not be the day to figure it out though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But we're going to figure it out and and that's the position we're gonna take moving forward. And so like like that, like I, I guess like having that security, um, and I guess if you've seen broken relationships, you're always waiting for like, yo, when is this gonna break bad? Yep. When are we gonna separate? When like what what does like what does the like, what does this look like, like in, in comparison to what I grew up in? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. saying so when does when does it break like that? And so, just a reassurance, like, yo, like we're cool. Like we can have arguments, we can have disagreements. Like anytime you're in close proximity with anybody for an extended period of time, mm -hmm. and you're talking about making life changing decisions, mm -hmm. or you're talking about the future of like what you want to do with the, the the boy, the girl, the, I mean, the, both of the kids. 
you're just going to have different points of views and perspectives and and that's cool you know what i mean but um like somebody has to hit the reset button and say hey you know like we're, we're not going to stay in this space and mm-hmm. we're going to move forward and we we've done a good job of doing that and that's really um, good that's awesome. oh that's powerful yeah you mentioned <clears throat> you said sometimes you look back and like man how do we make it through there whatever mm-hmm. Are you to the age yet where you're encountering people who don't remember you as a football player? Yeah, a uh, uh, funny thing you say that, right? <laughs> so, one hundred percent. I, I, I. There's people who they know my name, but like, how do I know you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> <And, laughs> Did I say I don't know? Like, yo, you look familiar. Like, I don't, I don't know why I know you. I don't know how I know your name. Uh, but, Isn't that fascinating? Because yeah. there was a there was an era, every uh, person in America, yes, knew you, yes, and had an opinion, yes. Uh-huh. But but I'm talking about the there's me. But I, I guess um, good and bad. Uh, good thing is that I don't um, I don't have to be captive towards like the athletic sort of whatever that is like yep. the, the athletic identity i don't have to uh uphold that i don't have to get questions about it i don't have to do a whole bunch oh excuse me and uh, and also you've had a bunch of other successful people who have who like when these kids think of like how do they fall in love with ohio state football it's like oh this is you mm-hmm. know their uh-huh. hero their their heroes are here and um and, and that's cool and um but 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 then also um and I, I i don't blame it but social media puts so much other information in front of people uh-huh. and so if if you weren't like you you can think probably like the last three or four years there's people who are probably the biggest thing in america and they just get drowned out by new information and social media controls the narrative story whether that's true or not yes 100 mm-hmm. they they one million percent control the uh the, the story and that's what you see and that's what you're drowned by. Uh, but the, the, to answer your question, I 100% run into a bunch of people. I, I, like to people, like they'll hear my name. They've heard my name more than they've probably seen me. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, that's you. Because like, cause there's not a lot of clarets, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So they'll they'll hear a claret and they'll be like, oh, okay, that's you. There's and, not a lot of national champions who single-handedly <laughs> won the game. Uh, yeah, I got lucky, right? <laughs> hey, not to assume everyone who's listening to this knows yeah. your story. Mm-hmm. Give us the give us the Cliffs version, okay. um, of your rise, honestly, your fall, yeah, rediscovery, and then I want to get into some of the stuff uh, you're doing today and what you've learned. Yeah. So in a nutshell, um, and just this is probably like a uh, hundred thousand foot view, um, but you know, came from obviously came from Youngstown, played football growing up. Um, you know, in the midst of all that, got into some trouble when I was young, but all, you know, just trying to discover myself as a kid. Uh, easy to say now, but as a kid, you're trying to, you know, figure out how do you want to be identified amongst your peers. I guess that's the easiest way, you know, based on the environment that you're in. You're like, okay, this is what's cool. Uh, so getting in trouble was cool and, you know, obviously ran into some uh, troubles as a little kid. Eventually that pushed me into playing sports. Uh, went through the whole deal of playing sports. Uh, found out that um, I didn't necessarily like football or basketball or, or sports in general. I just enjoy competition. Like mm-hmm. the, the more I look at my life and the more I look back on it uh, and just the things that I actually enjoy, I just enjoy uh, competing. And that's like, that's a, just like, I enjoy concepts. I just enjoy, enjoy competing against each other. And uh, I had, had successful football and eventually uh, became one of the, uh, the top players in the nation. Uh, came down to Ohio State uh, with, with the same, pretty much the same mentality. 
saying, you know, hey, let me, um, you know, let me pursue whatever it is I'm pursuing at the highest level. And I end up uh, basically uh, gaining or getting a starting position at, at running back. And um, we went through the season. This was 2002. We went through the season, had an undefeated season. And um, uh, the best way I can describe it, you know, like, you know, in, in a sense, I had probably uh, the most successful 13-month run in, in all of college sports, you know, to go out and be the national uh, player of the year in high school. And then 13 months later, uh, you're experiencing what it is like to be an 18-year-old kid in Columbus mm. and become a national champion, uh, which was, you know, a ride, to say the least. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Uh, but we came back, eventually got suspended from, um, eventually got suspended from uh, school for, uh, an assortment of issues uh, with the NCAA. And uh, when they suspended me, and I, and I always talk about this time, um, like we always we always have like moments where when you look back on them, they're a little easier to see, but when you're in them, you just can't. You don't you don't see how that a decision you make within like mm -hmm. adverse moment can like, you know, push you one way or another. <laughs> and um, and what happened, <clears throat> excuse me, what happened was uh, they kicked me out, they kicked me out of school and I didn't realize how much uh, just having a schedule, either be it through class or be it through athletics, how much that like put like guardrails on my life. Yep. And um, when it was left to me to have my schedule, uh, I didn't really understand how to deal with uh, just stress and depression. And now like, you know, this is 2020, it's a lot easier to talk about stress, depression, like even to talk about a counselor or mental yep. health medication mm -hmm. or yep. to talk about therapeutic interventions. Um, that's like a, a, a normal conversation now, but at 18, 19 years old, when you're a kid, you're like, you don't, like, hey, I'm supposed to be like this big, tough football player, but I'm restless at night. I can't sleep at night. Like, mm -hmm. I'm stressed out, depressed. And so, obviously, you know, you substitute that for drinking, drugging, and, and all these other things. Find different you, ways to medicate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so, um, I always say this, like, you know, when oftentimes when people say you drink and drug, like, I don't like to go like into this, like, oh, like, feel sorry for me. Like, you have fun doing those things. <laughs> like, you know, you had a whole lot of fun you know, being who you were and doing what you were doing because it, like it felt good or it felt different than um, being depressed or being, being yeah. depressed. <laughs> and you don't know how to work out of this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And so, um, and, and then from there, you know, uh, I went to California and the same thing ensued for a couple of years, uh, for lack of better words. And then um, I got, ended up getting drafted by the Denver Broncos. They uh, brought me out to Denver. They tried to, um, they tried to put a system around me to help me. You know what I mean? But at that time, um, in my mind, it was more important to like, excuse me. And it is, this is like describing the two years out of football, the two years out of football, I had turned back into what I was as a kid thinking I was a gangster, um, and is either athletics or being a gangster. This was like, what was important to me at the time. And so eventually, um, got back, uh, got back into football. I was supposed to be a professional athlete, but obviously, you know, I didn't, um, I, I, that didn't pan out. And then next thing you know, I got kicked out from the Broncos. And from there, I went right back to the streets. I ended up uh, committing a robbery downtown in uh, um, Columbus. Uh, got caught for that. Then eventually got caught on a high-speed chase with a bunch of other weapons and then went to prison. Um, went to prison and got sentenced to seven and a half years uh, after, <clears throat> excuse me, after, I, I got to say, and I always give him credit, Mr. Calaconte. Uh, Mr. Conte really, um, he, he really helped my life. He really helped me to put a foundation in my life. He was the first one to, you know, take and put me into the therapeutic intervention club, therapeutic services, your cognitive behavioral therapies. It was the first place I began to read, first place I began to just be isolated from most things outside of myself, uh, partying, and, and just all all um, distractions in general, you know, what really happened in prison. Mm -hmm. 
and um and it just and just became focused. You know, if you, if you ask me like the core of how did your life change, really a lot, a lot of it came from reading. You know, what I mean, I mm-hmm. think um what reading uh, you just like challenging your current level of thinking, uh, your perspective. Um, uh, a whole lot of self-evaluation. You know, you still have your same personality, and obviously you're in prison, uh, but you just begin to view, you, you begin to view what you're looking at a bit different, or you begin to view relationships different, and uh, and eventually got out of prison after four years, and and that's kind of like what what what's brought me up here. I don't know where you want me to stop or or keep going, but um, no, no, that's <clears throat> I've heard you say many times, uh, show me your friends, you know, I'll show you your future, yeah, and what you think what shapes your thoughts, wherever your thought fixates your mind that you've set the path. Yes. hundred percent. And, <clears throat> it, but, but I, like, um, I, I'll say, I'll say this to add on to that. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know if you're aware, uh, when you're younger, how are the importance of what it is of how you identify what you call yourself. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, like, if I look back on my, on my life at different times, like, who like the 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 subconscious thought of like who I thought I was mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying <clears throat> let me ask you a question though because there's there's a bunch of kids who have dreams in high school mm-hmm. obviously the percentage that play sports in college or even just go to college much smaller mm-hmm. everyone hits a setback mm-hmm. in whatever the category of it you know it looks like you described earlier you know what do you think the difference was? Because today, I, I would say by all appearances and outward perspectives, you're a very successful businessman, mm-hmm. family man. Uh, you give back to the community in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. It's literally, if, if and in fact, I, I think you put it on social media some time ago, and it was a snapshot of you in that season of life and yeah. then a snapshot of life today, it's not even the same person. No. How did you make that change? Uh, mentality. And so uh, I, I speak to myself a little bit more graphic than this. <laughs> if you see me on the internet sometimes, it comes down to mentality. You know, I think like uh, uh, people are literally separated and what you become is based on mentality. And um, I remember just being in prison. I just remember looking at myself or just thinking to myself, like, you know, I'm better than this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know when you're not maximizing your potential. You know, every every single person knows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so you can entertain yourself, you can lie to yourself, you can, you know, you can you can do all those things to um you can you can lie to yourself and, and not pursue who you're really supposed to pursue. And you know if you're giving everything you have to whatever it is that you're supposed to be. Even if like, it's not an ultimate thing of I'm supposed to be this person, like at different seasons in your life, you're supposed to pursue whoever it is you see who you are at, at that highest level at that moment. And I just wasn't doing that, you know what I mean? And uh, and I told myself one time, I said, man, if you can get up every day and you can try to pursue a football career where 1% makes it every day, and that's for an outside entity, right? you have to have that ability to go pursue that for yourself, yep. right? And so I just got to different moments. Um, like even, this probably happened like 2015, 16-ish. And that's probably what they're seeing now. Like even even 2010, 14, 15, you're still, I was still, still trying to figure out what life looks like uh-huh. post-incarceration. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to figure, right? So, you know, um, a, a lot of my peers had, um, their lives were on a different track so I didn't identify with them. A lot of my friends were athletics and, and I was into the real world. I didn't identify with them. 
I was trying to be something else. And um, the, the same mentality that I had with football, with pursuing something at a high level, uh, I've been fortunate um, and blessed to have that mentality. I, I understand what it takes. Like I understand like the, uh, the extreme discipline, the extreme rigor, uh, the extreme like not feeling sorry for yourself, the extreme like no excuses. The ex I, like I, I can tap into that mentality. I, I've often said there's a lot of, I don't care what the category, it could be marriage, athletics, finances, whatever. A lot of people see the public result. Mm -hmm. They have no idea the private discipline no. and the journey that's taken to get to the place. Like everybody wants a great marriage. If you're married, yes. you want a great marriage. Yes. But you got to work through those things we were talking about earlier that says, I'm not leaving. We're, we are in it for life yes. and we're going to figure it out. Yes. We're going to figure it out. So whether it's in business, whether it's in sports or whether it is in whatever it is I'm doing, I have that mentality. Mm. So like you're, you're, you'll quit before I quit, you know, but I, I have these harsh conversations to myself yeah. and, and, um, and it's reforming yourself and, and like through incremental rigorous work change happens, mm -hmm. yeah. but you don't see all the change that takes place. You just turn into a different person. So as simple as it may seem, I could probably like, you know, you could probably go scroll through my Instagram probably for the last seven years, getting up before 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and not because like it's cute or anything, but because you're working on yourself yep. mm -hmm. physically, mentally, and uh, and spending time with yourself. Like, you know, I, I give you a perfect example, right? So that the, the picture of me being incarcerated, that's a roll out of the bed when I want to type of person in comparison to where I'm at in life, right? So. You know, I get up every day religiously, 4.45, 5 o'clock, somewhere within there. And I go, I get up, uh, I grab coffee, I go to my desk, and I'm literally sitting there meditating, meditating, praying, and just kind of clearing my head. Yep. And I'll visualize like this little man, I don't know where he came from, but I'll visualize him just like scraping the thoughts off my brain. And I'll visualize like thoughts coming out my ears. Like it's like there's just a little visualization practice, right? And uh, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that you set your intentions, right? You set where you want your energy to go. And so I, grab, I got my same legal pad and this pad has been for the same, or this pad or these um, composition notebooks have been with me for forever. And I'll start writing my goals down. And so I'm setting my intention on where I want my energy to go. And literally religiously like the uh, goals for that day or whatever comes to your mind no further. so i believe you have to set where you ultimately want to go okay. first mm -hmm. so like this is so a person may get up and they may chase their phone so you're telling yourself you will you rather be entertained than worry about yourself that's good mm -hmm. right and so i don't even dig into that if i dig into it i say hey i'm up and just yeah. say hey, i'm up and getting going but yeah. that's down and so i'm at the desk and it's silent and I crack the window open. I can like kind of see what's going on outside and I write my goals down and I focus on how I feel when I'm writing them down because I need to get into a space that I can believe that I can accomplish whatever it is that I'm doing. And so anytime that I feel indifferent about something, I get curious about like, why do you feel like you don't have the confidence to do that? And so like now I'm just, I'm revving myself up. So I continue to drink my coffee, I'm clearing my brain and I'm meditating on it and I'm visualizing myself do this, right? So as a man think of, so shall you become. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a firm believer that everybody can create their lives based upon just where they set their intentions at and where they focus their energy. 
And so um, I don't call something big and lofty, even in regards to business goals. Like I'll visualize what it takes to be that. I'll visualize myself becoming that. I'll visualize the mechanics and operations of myself becoming that. And then that's the the vision that I've pressed in my mind. That's what I'm going to pursue, right? Mm -hmm. I don't worry about if I have a formal education. I don't worry about if somebody thinks I'm unqualified. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. As long as I believe I can do something, I I just feel like it's just all about you doing it. Figure it out. Then I go and I work out. And so it's uh, religious. So I get up and I go work out, but I am summoning the energy, right? So I think if like you're trying to pursue something big, it's impossible to do it without having energy. Mm-hmm. You get energy from working out, right? Mm-hmm. So then rather I hate it. Like, so oftentimes you see me talking to the morning on camera, probably 80% of the time I don't want to do it, right? Not at that time. So it's getting colder outside. You walk into the garage and literally I, I have, I'm, I'm not trying to get ready for a season, but I understand the stuff that I wrote on that paper, I need to be serious about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so this is oftentimes like how I come in and talk to myself. And so very intentional about even what I listen to while I do it. I listen to only music that encourages, it teaches you to hustle, encourages you or puts you in a good spirit. And this is sort of like another person may call it kooky, but this is something I believe in. Have you ever uh, heard the name John Gordon? John Gordon, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Energy Buzz, Coffee Bean, a yes. lot. Uh-huh. I just listened to a podcast uh, this past week and he goes, the problem for most people is they listen to themselves rather than talk to themselves. Huh. And I, you know, oh. you think about that. There's a lot, there's too many, there's always that voice, that's whether that's Satan, whether that's doubt, whether that's self-sabotage, whatever. Yes. I don't, again, marriage, business, personal health, mm-hmm. whatever. That's a good one. We all have a voice. He says, don't listen to yourself talk to yourself mm-hmm. i talk to myself all the time <laughs> yeah no i do too <laughs> yeah. and um and, and that's pretty much the routine and that's that's actually a good one i didn't think about that, that like j- just even that's education making yourself aware of something uh-huh. uh that's that's actually a good one and uh and that's sort of how it happens and, I, and i'll tell you like this i think another one that i don't know if people incorporate i, I believe in uh aromatherapy and i, yep. I every everywhere in the, uh in the house or in the gym I burn candles. Even when I'm working out, they can't smell it on camera, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. I'll burn a candle because I, I just like <laughs> things to look good, feel good, smell good. Yep. But then I believe once I'm done with that and I go to the world, I'm prepared. Uh-huh. Yep. So now, um, whereas if you woke up and you was like, and, and I believe like this first thought, right? And people could like practice it themselves. I think the first thought of somebody when they hear an alarm clock go off are, they know that they're supposed to be up. The position that they take at that moment is like the tone that they're going to be for the rest of the day. Yep. So if you're like, man, I don't feel like doing this. Like you've just told yourself, like you don't feel like living life. Mm-hmm. And so to be encouraged about getting up and to be happy and to, and to say, hey, man, I'm, I'm happy about going to pursue something. Mm-hmm. Like I feel grateful and happy that I'm going to pursue the things on my sheet. Like I, I like those things, like I love notepads, right? So yeah. my room was filled with notepads and whiteboards. <laughs> and like I get happy to get up and go pursue it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you have, um, I don't know, I just live like with a spirit of gratitude. And, and I think that, uh, so if, if I post something on, on the internet, like in regards to that, it's more encouraging to say like, you can be somewhere and like you don't have to stay there. Like you can be in that, and and um and and you can work through it. You can work out of it, and it's not gonna happen overnight. Uh, but there is pleasure in taking the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's um nothing feels rewarding if somebody puts you somewhere. Uh-huh. You know, what I'm saying like if, mm-hmm. if like you you can. Uh, it's oftentimes how they talk about kids who come from fortunate families where 
Um, the reason that a, there's a public perception of the kid who has money for the second generation is because he didn't take the stairs to get it. Yep. Right, wrong, or indifferent, but they respect the kid who has resources, but then they say, yo, he worked his butt off even though he had an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes now I'm happy I took the stairs on my stuff because there was lessons learned mm -hmm. through the process. You mm -hmm. know, so like, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't get bent out of shape too much. Out of, if something, if like, so if, if, if we're dealing with each other in regards to business, like I'm a, I'm a very intense person. Uh, I'm serious because it's business. Like, and if they catch me outside of that, it'd be like, hey, I'm just like a good guy, yep, yep. right? So like who, who you see me doing business and this guy's two totally different people. Like business is a sport to me. And it's competition. It's competition and we're, <laughs> and we're playing to win. Yeah. And there's a different mentality we have to have and we're going to, that that's going to be that and and, and even that like takes people they're like what do you mean i thought you're like the nice guy maurice like i am outside of business <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but these are these are goals and objectives and we have to and we have to hit them and uh that's let fun. me ask you this the cliff's notes the rise the fall the mm -hmm. rise and soaring what have you learned about the inner circle of friendships and relationships around you oh it's everything um e even even through and I'll say this, even through rising um, and getting my life back together, um, even there will be some people that they'll mean well, they'll do well, and you'll experience them. And then there's other people who you're supposed to be nurtured with and grow with. And it doesn't mean that these people are bad people. And it doesn't mean that they're um, that they're doing anything wrong. But those aren't just the coaches that you're supposed to have to get to where you have to go or get to where you want to go. And, and I've learned that, but I, I, I didn't identify that early on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you can have like, you like you have to let go of good people too. Mm. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you can have a great people, but where you're looking to go or the things that you want to accomplish in life, those people just don't water the plant anymore. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And they can be great people. And, and I've had to do that. And, uh, and not to say let them go, but just, the majority of my time can't be spent around these people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so then I have to go up to another level to be coached by somebody else. And 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 I, and I look I look for more situations to be a student in. Like so, if you look at the, even the business partners that I have, these guys are 55, uh, 48, and they're they're well experienced. But this is who I have my conversations with. So if a person hears me talk, um, or if, I, if a person hears me talk, I'm, I'm regurgitating what I've learned from them. Mm -hmm. I'm living my life how they're living mm -hmm. their lives currently. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so now there's a there's a different level of maturation that's being displayed because they went through the rigors to get to where they're at, and then I'm I'm being coached. Um, and, and but I, but also I can also see clearly like when um, when I didn't have like my best moments in life, I could see who was around me then. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. and, and it's not to blame the people who are around me, but it's to say that I should have been aware or I should have been more responsible with understanding that this isn't where I need to be in my life right now mm -hmm. or, or, or who I need to be around. How have you learned to deal with uh, the disappointment of out of prison, rose i mean that's been years ago now but maybe some people you thought would be there for you but weren't but then once you got back to the top they're like hey what's up man i'm yeah. i'm here i've been here the whole time yeah understanding um like me figuring out myself gives me more patience with people that's you know what i'm saying good. like these like like nobody um like nobody ever nobody who's ever been around me been around me 
they never intended for me to do wrong or for me to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. But that's all the things that we were in. That's all we knew how to do. It yeah. was familiar to us. Yeah. Right. So if we're selling a drug, committing a crime, like there's a lot of things that go on in inner city America that makes perfect sense in inner city. Like, and there's a lot of people who look at it and say, man, how can somebody do something so crazy? But that's just the way of life. That's a way of life. Mm -hmm. This is how people survive. This is normal interactions. This is just like, mm -hmm. right now, today, I can get up and go to Youngstown, Ohio, and I can be standing in the middle of something that will be so crazy to somebody else, but I would also get that this is just how people live. This mm -hmm. is normal stuff. So these people didn't know that um or oftentimes a person in inner city they'll say man i know how to show my like let me show you how loyal to i am to you and start trouble with somebody and act like i'm defending you mm -hmm. and they'll do that and you say yo we don't have to do that to say that we friends uh -huh. <laughs> like we don't have to start trouble and then like solve the trouble that we start like we could just be friends and exist and <laughs> like go work on something right and and when they try to come back when they not when they try to come back around but when they it's almost like there's a lot that doesn't have to be said, right? So prime example, I went out to my brother turned 40 and I went to uh, Las Vegas because so he had a party. So we're in the party and um, and not not in the party. We're in a, um, uh, uh, in a, in a suite and uh, it was we had a dinner. It was like a, they, they, they made the suite into a, like a big table because you couldn't go yeah. out to the restaurant and stuff like that, right? So made a big table. It's probably like 30, 40 people. Uh, and we're sitting down, but there's some guys who we grew up with, who I used to run around with, they were there. And um, you could just tell from uh, like dress, like I had a suit on, like I was like there to like, hey, I'm supporting my brother. Honor your brother. I wasn't into the foolishness and you can kind of see like the separation. And so they seen it, you know, so we didn't have mm -hmm. to say anything yeah. because there was no, there was nothing that they could approach me on. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. They, like and then now it's different because you can see on the internet kind of like what somebody is into like mm -hmm. or, or even if even if all of it isn't real like you can mm -hmm. see a portion of it you can say hey this is what yeah you know what I'm saying this is a this is what this guy's into and so and then also they don't we don't see each other in the same spaces places and so a lot of people um, they stay away from me just because they're like yo he's not on that you know what mm -hmm. I mean and, and I'll say even with that like so but there, there's also a group of people who can't visualize me outside of that mm. like that 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 becomes more of a thing like they'll say man like like you were in this place and like how did you like how are you like how are you outside of this space mm -hmm. and, that, that, and that becomes like uh an enigma for people like when i i, I can see it on i can see it in their face like I, and, it's, and it's almost like crazy they'll think that like uh i was just supposed to commit crimes forever <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh -huh. like mm -hmm. hey you're supposed to be a football player till you die are you supposed to like commit crimes at some point and you're supposed to just stay there and uh, I just like, no, like people learn and grow and, and they have YouTube and they have books and you read and you learn and you and you become uh, a different person from all this. And uh, like and I just like actually did that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I don't know. Yeah. A lot of opportunities have opened up, <clears throat> particularly with football programs and yeah. really across the nation. What What's the message you're given today's college young athlete? Um, uh, more, more have more ownership over your career. And be honest with yourself. And, 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 and I hope that somebody either is a college athlete or somebody who's around college athletes can can grasp this. And so um, a lot of this stuff is, um, uh, what is it called? Dog and pony stuff shows, right? 
So a lot of these colleges, they get these kids, uh, and I'm not sure. I'll, I'll just like educate real quick. So when you're a student athlete, and you enter, like, or if you're a regular student, you enter campus, like Ohio State, you have to have, I don't know, a 30 on your ACT to enter, whatever it is right now. But if you're a student athlete of any sport, it doesn't matter. You can have a 17, 18, they'll still allow you to come to campus. And uh, it's not Ohio State, not LSU, not Notre Dame. It's a systematic issue, right? So then what ends up happening is if this university is set up for people with 30s, and you come in with a 17, like what classes can you really take? You know where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. This is, this is, this is mm -hmm. common sense, right? Mm -hmm. And so in saying that, um, they purposely bring these kids on campus. This is a bunch of smart people. And this is what I do, I challenge people. Uh, there's a bunch of smart people who miseducate kids on purpose. So this is not kids. So they say, oh, the kid had this class and you know he took this, this nonsense class. No. When you come to campus and you sit down, they offer you these nonsense classes because they know that you can't take anything else on this campus. So I'm just in the process that I make the kid aware that you didn't manipulate the system. The system was set up for, for you, you. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so we forget that these kids will be adults. We forget these kids will be uh, parents. We forget these kids will be uncles. You forget that these kids will be uh, reputable people within communities, so on and so forth. These kids will have all this, right? And so like, me making kids aware of that and making coaches aware of that and a kid have an opportunity to say, okay, I'm being miseducated. Now we say, hey, make sure your coach gives you a learning specialist, right? So I couldn't read very well at 18. Well, I can read, but I couldn't comprehend what it was that I'm reading. So these universities have learning specialists. So if you can't read, if you can't do math very well, if you can't, if you don't have a concept of anything outside of football, go to a learning specialist and say, hey, you're going to educate me. Mm -hmm. So I fight for these kids to be educated because I understand that education or learning, not not just the form, not not just the schooling education, learning changed my life. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Learning, like learning, like having fun learning, that changed my life. So you, you know, you get excited about, it. you get a book, you get excited about it. Like that wasn't a thing to me at 18, but there is material out here that these kids can get excited from and start to change their minds rather than say, hey, let me just have you, um, you know, play football and you know, run routes or tackle people for the rest of your life. And, and, and that's, that's sort of the message that I'm, that I'm having with them. And then said, hey, like, like and, and even all, almost to the mentality, right? And I, 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 I explained to them, a lot of these kids come from inner cities and they still live with the lottery mentality, right? And so the lottery mentality, when you're growing up in a neighborhood, you never think that uh, I can work to build a life to do something. You don't, you don't think of progressively building a life because that's not around you, right? everything you almost see is instantaneous, right? Let me see, let me sell drugs, let me get money, mm -hmm. let me be successful. Let me get into a car wreck, let me sue somebody, let me have financial success. It's never incremental build and build a, a foundation for my life. And I tell them, right, or your mother, your father, your grandmother, your aunt, it's always let me play the numbers and hit the lottery. That's like poor thinking, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But you don't realize it's implemented to implement it into your mind when you go to campus and you're still working off this one percent mentality. Mm. Right. So this one percent like like literally I say, if any of you all, if I told you all, you know, we can go to California, we can get ten million dollars, but the plane had a one percent chance of making it, like how many people would get on? They all say no, right? Like we would we wouldn't yeah. follow you, we wouldn't travel with you. But I say, Do you understand you're doing that with your life every day right now? Like the, the probability of you becoming a professional athlete is literally 1%. And then almost to the point, you can take your stats and what you've done year one, year two, year three, year four, 
And based on like uh, like math that's out here, it'll show if you, you have the probability of going to succeed in NFL. But if you're uneducated, you don't even know how to put this whole mathematical problem together. Mm-hmm. Right. You're mm-hmm. just out here mm-hmm. running, banging heads, playing football. You get a jogger suit, you get some sneakers. And then when you're done, you go back out to your community. You say, man, like what happened? Yeah. So I was the guy who, when it was over, I was like, man, what happened? So for me, this is kind of like my favorite song, top three of all time is Elton John, A Circle of Life, where you go through something and you come back, you can give to it. Mm-hmm. You yep. know where I'm coming from? Yep. And so for me, it's coming back and giving, say, hey, slow down, let me show you what you're in right now. Let me, let me show you all these moving parts. Like, don't get confused about the marketing. Don't get confused about starting position. Don't get, don't get confused about that, right? If, if you happen to just have a four-year football college career, that's cool. Get your education, get your learning specialist. Your, uh, a lot of these kids don't even know, a lot of people don't know, um, your scholarship is a donation by an alumni. So there's somebody who sponsors your scholarship. So I say, hey man, if there's somebody who can give you 60 grand, this person has to be doing okay for themselves. Can you introduce me to the person <laughs> who has my scholarship? Mm-hmm. So I say, hey, go ask your coach, who sponsors my scholarship? Can I get introduced to this person? So if you've given me 240 grand over four years, you would have a personal interest in seeing me succeed, right or wrong? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So after you're done playing, if football doesn't work out, hey, could you introduce me? Can, can mm-hmm. we talk, have a conversation or do something? So my message isn't, let me give this kid some money because a fool in their money will soon part. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a little bit more in depth. And so it went from telling my story, but you may just connect from certain parts of my story as a kid, right? You may say, yeah. okay, I get it. I understand it. But can I give you information to make you approach your current situation different? And so then now, like, and I give them an action step. Like, when I leave here, this is something you can go do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then if you have trouble even navigating it, reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll tell you who you need to contact. And then at that point, the work starts. But um, there's no reason, like, and, and, and a lot of this stuff is derived from me thinking about myself and what happened to me. There's no reason you should, you should experience at any top five school. There's no reason you should be able to uh, experience like all of the, um, the illustrious football moments, the, the sugar bowl, peach bowl, all, all these bowls and have that experience for four years. And then like the experience of like, you're just back in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that's not the, that's not the appropriate transition. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so a lot of these kids are first generation college students. So they may not know, they may not have people to tell them, and so one thing I learned, like you can't unsee and you can't unhear. Uh-huh. So hopefully I hear it and say, okay, I can I can do something with this. I don't know. But you had said uh, I, I tell them to go contact him, do do this, do that. A lot of they they the comes down to they have to do it. They have to do it. I mean, yes. yeah, you run in run. I'm sure you run into people. You know, you need to do that, and then they they never do. And yeah. so it's like, yeah. So so you 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 have your portion of people who won't follow through. Uh, but you have your portion of people who do it. So even like if I can get two or three of those guys mm-hmm. and it can impact yeah. their lives, like I'm cool with that. Um, you know, like we, we come to church, right? And everybody sits, right? So you can give them all the information. Uh, you know now you're preaching, man. Yeah. Come on. Now what are you, so what? what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then the, the battle was like from uh, Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday. Uh-huh. <laughs> so and you have to enact it. But, you know, I, I'm even that, like I, I, give you, I give you another example, right? So 
uh, uh, one of my close friends, right? He was uh, like uh, his his little brother. His little brother was like having issue after issue after issue after issue. He's like, man, like you know, he knows what to do. I tell him right, I raise him right. <laughs> so I had to send him a picture of me, and I said, bro, I'm your business partner. Like, look, look, like look at, <laughs> look at me. You know what I'm saying? As some people just go through their degenerate phases. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, right, wrong, or indifferent, um, person can be raised right, person can have all the mentorship, person can go to counseling, a person can have all of the fixtures, right? But uh, one, one thing I realize in life, like, we have to have, you have to give people the space to fail. And, uh, like, nobody wants to see it. Like, even, even now, like, my, my, my son, like, I don't know if I, like, go to jail for, like, child abuse or something, but... <laughs> If he's falling off the couch, I let him fall. You need to experience it. Like fall, yeah. feel feel the pain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Stand back up. Yeah. And I don't like he cries. I don't grab him. Like no. Like I, I need you to experience or like I, I like I don't need to manufacture struggle, but I don't need to avoid it. Re- yeah. You can if you rescue people so often, you actually do them a disservice. Yeah. Hundred percent. Because they're yeah. not de- feeling the pain. Mm-hmm necessary as a motivation that says i got to do something different here. and i'm not doing that anymore yeah and, and that's it and i think that me experiencing pain is like will help me like yo i don't want to experience that no more but we want to save kids from pain uh we want to manufacture everything there's a guy named tim elmore he's written a ton about adolescence parenting and uh he has a book called the habitudes how do you like habitudes. the mindfulness how do you develop the habits mm-hmm and pass those on. And one of the things he says, out of parents, often they're concerned to protect their children, that they don't struggle or experience pain. You're actually crippling them from developing resiliency and just learning how to figure how it to out in life. Yeah, yeah. Deal with yeah. things. Deal how to with be people. a survivor. Yeah, like, well, I, I've, I've experienced my fair share. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe it though. I mean, I, I wouldn't um, I, I wouldn't change anything in, in, in my journey. And uh, and I, even anybody who's listening, I, I would encourage you just to like, you know, let your kid feel it. You know what I mean? Uh, and th- this is the best way I can explain it, or not the best way I can explain this. This this brought up a thought. I know I'm just kind of I might be going. Yeah, off no, no, you're good. I, I would talk to these uh, young guys about football whenever we talked, right? And I would tell them like they was like, you know, I, a kid was having um, a moment where he said like it feels like older guys are always picking on younger guys. And that, that was the context of this whole thing. And I said, it's not that older guys are picking on young guys, but I'm going to just give you the difference. So in the social media era, like social media is a normal thing now, like where you have to live with. But I said, when we play football, you would have to actually get up, go out there on Friday night, uh, perform very well, break a tackle, stiff arm somebody, uh, do something special. And then you wouldn't write about it. Like the person who came to the game and seeing you would say, yo, did you see person A do all of these amazing things, right? And you had to compete against all these people within the city to earn a spot in your local paper. And that was like the, yep. the big thing. Mm-hmm. And you struggled, push, pull, just to even try to make the local news. But that wasn't driven by you. That was from fans and people who said, man, where camera crews went on a weekly basis was who's going to have the highlight, who's going to do something special. So you had to earn it. You know, yeah. now you have a kid who could just say, hey, I got a couple cool plays and I can edit these things and put some music behind them <laughs> and I can make myself look very cool. And you would have to earn a fan uh-huh. from the work that you did. Uh-huh. So now a kid can just manufacture that and you can have somebody say a comment, say, cool, great awesome you're cool but it's like 
fake gold. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, you're preaching. And, and you're in your head. This is what happens. And you're in your head and you go, you're the coach, right? Coach, why don't you put me in? They love me. Yo, you're not really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, yo. And the problem is it's not just the kid. Now it's the kid's parents. Yes. The, yes. The parents think their kids <laughs> better than he actually is. Fools go. Like, yeah. I, I have no problem. If, if my daughter watches it, she knows this. I don't, I purposely stay out of the game for her. You have to go out there and struggle, earn at yourself. You're not getting something because you're Maurice Claret's kid. I need you to feel the experience that I heard on the bench. I need you to go try to beat out that kid. And if you don't beat him out, that's cool. Yeah. That's perfectly fine with me. I don't care. We're not here for that. We're, we're not here for you to go to the WNBA. We're yeah. here for camaraderie and all this other stuff. And, and like, I need you to feel embarrassed and all that other stuff that you want to get better. I am totally cool with that. Do I want you to play more? Yes, that's cool. But if you don't, like, I'm not heartbroken because we're not pursuing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, that, that's the ego victory. Well, then go back to your point at the beginning. There's a bigger, there's a bigger issue at play helping her grow to be a strong woman. Yes, that's more. You know, that's and if sports plays a role, education plays a role, family plays a role. There's just a lot to that. Mm -hmm. Hey, briefly tell us what are what are you excited about? I know you got a lot of irons in the fire in the business and giving back to the community. Tell us what you're into. Yeah, so I I mainly do. I just do three things. Uh, So the the obvious thing, I still do uh, the red zone. We still do a, a mental health and recovery center. Uh, has been different this year, just from uh, school, COVID yeah, and yeah, schooling and not being being a session. Uh, but with our, our mental health recovery center, we probably service about 500 kids um, on a daily basis. Uh, do all the therapeutic interventions with them, and you have different counselors and, and social workers and, and uh, qualified mental health specialists and so on and so forth. And we've been doing that going on five years now. Um, that's a, a, a fixture. Uh, I do uh, a real estate investing. Uh, I've been doing that probably for about, probably closer to four years now, but I do I do all like affordable housing and tax credit stuff. Not sure if you're really familiar with it, uh, but basically I, 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 I call myself, I, I make uh, affordable luxury rentals, you know? So basically people who normally have like deplorable housing, uh, I basically make their housing a lot better or what you would normally see in like a, a prominent suburb or somewhere. And do do all the flooring right, the walls right, the paint right, the the outside, whether it's new siding or whatever it is, I make it a uh, honorable place to to basically That's live. Awesome. Yes, and uh, and then the, the the newest or the newer thing that I do, uh, and, and there's other things that I do, but these are the most dominant right. things over over my time. Uh, but I, I have uh, vascular surgery centers, and so um, for people who don't know, there's a ton of uh, individuals in this world who have PAD, which is called peripheral arterial disease, where they have uh, a bunch of uh, plaque in their arteries and their lower extremities. And uh, I ended up uh, partnering with a gentleman out of California, uh, went out there, this was maybe, I don't know, two years ago. And and the irony was that he was talking, they were talking about building a recovery center in their neighborhood, right? So they, they, uh, they were sending people to a recovery center out of Malibu and they said, man, it just becomes too much to send people there. They said uh, we can just basically buy a home within our neighborhood and reproduce and recreate the same thing, and so I was basically just taking them through the process of like what it takes to basically build those, and uh, just through conversation, I uh, had basically purchased a building uh, in Youngstown. He said, "Hey man, you know if you are interested in uh, what we do, uh, or, or if you're interested in some of what I do, you can bring these medical services back to your community, because uh, basically people in lower socioeconomic socioeconomic uh, areas." 
uh, they have more uh, disease than people who are in healthier areas. And this is uh, mainly an issue with uh, just people in lower socioeconomic areas who eat poor, uh, people who have diabetes. And uh, he said, let's uh, bring some centers to Ohio. So we partnered up here, came to Columbus. We have one in Columbus, just opened up in Cleveland. And uh, we're doing one in Youngstown. And uh, those are the pictures that I share. And so if anybody sees me share like graphic pictures, it's all like it's, it's purposely for shock value, right? Yeah. So just to get a conversation started. So I know some people are like, man, I just hate that you do that. But it's the purpose is to get your attention, right? <laughs> Why do people do the Mission graphic? accomplished. Yeah, mission accomplished, <laughs> right? So if you if you don't send any shock value, like you have to like, and that's not true. Even, even with you all, like even when you're marketing something, you have to like, you know, you have to, whatever it takes, not your job, but who, who's yeah. ever marketing your material. If you're not grabbing somebody's attention, you're not really marketing mm -hmm. the material, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so, um, and even from that, you know, we've had uh, a bunch of conversations that got started out of me sharing these feet, but, but literally what happens is people don't take care of their feet. They'll end up getting disease. And most people believe that uh, they have to get uh, filleted from their hip to their knee. Mm -hmm. But uh, with endovascular surgeries, it's actually they'll take uh, a small incision in the bottom of your foot and they'll basically clean it out. Uh, basically, you know, look on the monitor, clean it out with some of the tools that we have. We do stents and so on and so forth uh, for everything in the lower extremities. And that's kind of like what I've been into. And um, and so I, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited about everything. Um, you know, it, I think like, um, when you when you're spending uh your time right or you feel like you're spending your time in a place that you actually want to spend it you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and you're doing like stuff meaningful and you're not spending time like you know there's a bunch of people who probably get up and be like man i just hate what i'm doing mm -hmm. you know what i mean and um and I, I think also i've crossed like different thresholds that like uh, i think people have to experience um and I'm, I'm bouncing around but like it's all like coming to me as i'm talking to you I think the the threshold of like um, I need to get this thing to feel a certain way, mm -hmm. you know. So I need to have like some money to feel a certain way. I've crossed the threshold where like money doesn't equate to happiness. Like more like having purpose in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, like I've like like if if there's anything that I've crossed, like that is like um, and I think that's an American issue. You know, mm -hmm. I think that you like man, if I get this, I'm going to feel that <laughs> way, and it's not. You know what I'm saying? Unless yep. you're like doing something ha that makes you happy. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to have a a, a financially successful future mm -hmm. because you have the ability to have options and and choose life and how you want to do. But um, you need to be happy within the stuff that you're doing. Even to the point with the media stuff, I want to do podcasting made me happy. Mm -hmm. Like I was happy doing podcasting. I was happy having conversation. I was happy doing that stuff. And I just was like, yo, I'm just doing the stuff that makes me happy and, and creating a space for it and, and stuff like that. But those are the things. And it adds value to so many others. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And, and, um, <clears throat> totally, totally adds value. And, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just a new way of learning. I, I like to me, if you're in America, I don't see how you can't have fun. You know, um, I just, I just don't like, you know, like when you can create, you can like, Oh, I just think like back to 15 years ago, you couldn't do, Mm -hmm. all of what you can do you know what i mean um and i, I like i just have I, I have fun living you know what i mean like i like i have, like um and probably i don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing I, I just don't feel connected to political issues i don't feel connected to um i don't feel connected to, to the drama of america mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like yep. like I, I i like me i don't care who is the presidency i don't care you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like <laughs> 
I got to live my life. <laughs> you know yeah. What I'm yeah. Re regardless of who's in that position, regardless of who's your in life's there. purpose and life's mission is not dependent upon other people. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. I don't, I'm not invested. Like, and that, maybe that makes sound un-American. I don't, I'm just not in that invested into that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think like anybody who holds a position has that much like dominance over what I get up and doing and what I have control over. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, like almost like a freedom of like everything, like, I, I just, I'm not into, like, I couldn't tell you what's on TV right now. I can't tell you what's going on. Like, I just, I don't know what's going on in pop culture. But you know what's in that pad every morning at 5 a.m. Yeah, yes, that, it, but that's that's my life. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and if, it, if it isn't, if it isn't, like, but even to the pad, there's a business section. There's a family section. Yeah. Hmm. Each, so I have my goals that I write down to do, uh, well, it's not date night now because we don't have uh, the ability to, freely go with Titan, but to make sure spending time with Ashley every night or not, or not every night, every week, like a set time uh -huh. where yep. it's us to daddy and daughter. Like, like yep. even if it's our, our times where we're going back and forth to practice and then daddy and son, but these are goals Whereas before I would neglect those and it would be about the business and then nobody else would get my time. And that would be like just super business. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So my life is, my life is in a notebook. My life is on a pad. And it's, um, and it's, I'll say this for people, it's okay to be selfish. Like I'll say that, that might, that may like, and selfish in regards to pursuing the things that you know lead to a healthy life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, um, you know, you know, you get to those places where you say, hey man, I need to be so giving to everybody. You give everybody everything and, and not to yourself and to your own household. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. yep. We just wrapped up a series called Margin. And one of the basic concepts is you have to have it before you can give it. You have to have it before and you can give it, yeah. you got to have it for you first. Your energy, peace of mind, peace of heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then you can bless the people around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one percent. Maurice, I, Serena and I, Cypress Church, we're in your corner, man. I appreciate it. We are your so proud of you. Yeah, yeah your <laughs> family. It's you inspire so many people. And if there's anything we can do for you ever, um, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it, thank you. It's always a pleasure coming here. Thanks for listening to the More With Murphy podcast. It's our hope that listening will help you discover and embrace more in your life. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe and feel free to share. You can also help us achieve more on the podcast by writing a review of the show. Positive reviews help us reach new listeners, grow the show, get new and exciting guests, and tell us what content you are loving. Who knows, we might just read your review on the show. Did you know that we also give five of you free coffee every episode? All you have to do is take a screenshot while you're listening, tag at Ken W. Murphy, and post it to your Instagram story. We'll pick five random winners and send you a Starbucks gift card. Finally, if you want to learn more about our guests or the resources mentioned on the show, check out our website at morewithmurphy.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for more with Murphy.